God's people said, Amen. Amen. Sing out for joy for that brave little boy who was God and he made himself nothing. Is that not good news? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome. It's great to have you all. Thank you all. You barely stuck out your hands. Merry Christmas. Welcome to my absolute favorite worship service of the entire year. I look forward to this all year. I'm so glad you all are here. I mean, truly, uh, throughout the year, I have the great privilege and pleasure. Throughout the year, one of my joys is to be your pastor. But tonight, it's like the highlight. It really is. It's just so awesome. So, Merry Christmas to my Orangewood family. I love you. It is just awesome celebrating our Savior's birth with you. Well, Christmas begins in the Jake's household really on Christmas Eve when everyone receives every year the same gift. Well, it's not exactly the same, but it's the same type gift every Christmas Eve. It's a, yes, you got it. It's a new pair of pajamas. Or as I've been told, pajamas. Or whatever it is, pajamas, pajamas. Uh, We start the Christmas season with the first gift, every single person getting new pajamas. Anybody else like that? We're the only ones that have fun. Okay, a couple here. A couple who love Jesus. I got you. All right, I see that hand. (laughs) Well, it's amazing how excited we get about pajamas. I'm telling you, I bought them. They're not that exciting, all right? But the reason we get so exciting, it's more than anything, it's a sign. I mean, these pajamas are kind of a sign that Christmas is finally here. And we've gone through all the hustle and bustle. We've had all the family arguments. Uh, You know, it's just been great. And the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat adding up to this day. And all of a sudden it's here. We got the pajamas. It's a sign. Christmas is finally here. But it's more than that. These pajamas are kind of like, it's kind of like a promise. It's kind of like a promise that there's more to come. There's more presence to come. I think the only reason that the Jake's clan get that excited opening up uh, our Christmas PJs is because of that sign. It's because of that promise. Well, that very first Christmas morning, I mean, when Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Savior, was born, the very first earthly present that Mary and Joseph give him as a new pair of pajamas. Well, at least swaddling cloths. Swaddling clothes. The first earthly gift given to Jesus. Just humble swaddling cloth that could wrap him and keep him warm. Let's, let's use those PJs, those swaddling cloths as kind of a portal back into that old, old wonderful story the story of power of death undone through God's own Son, the Son of glory. So if you will read this story with me again with wonder and awe, let us turn to the Gospel of Luke. And let's read this great story. Luke 2, verses 1 through 14. Let's be mindful on this Christmas story. If it's the first time you hear it, this is awesome. If you've heard this story a lot, it's still awesome. May the wonder and joy of God's word come alive to each one of us on this Christmas Eve. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first register when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. 
And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, they came, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in PJs. Well, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in brand new PJs or swaddling cloths and lying in a manger And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on on earth peace among those whom He is pleased. Let us pray. Father, tonight we join our voices with the angels singing glory. Glory to God in the highest. And Father, we ask that as we gather around again this old, old story, the power of death undone, because You would send Your Son filled with glory, and we would wrap Him in our clothes, these swaddling clothes, so that we could be wrapped in the dignity and the divinity of Your righteousness. So Father, would You send the Spirit of Your Son into this place and so this old, old story becomes alive and fresh and and even life-changing. God, would You fill this room with the wonder, with the joy, with the love of Christmas that we find in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray for peace on earth. We pray for the men and women uh, of our country in harm's way tonight who are unable to join us or join their families. May they also be able to celebrate all over this world of yours the amazing gift of God's own Son, Jesus. Come and speak to us tonight, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Well, that's it. I mean, it's really the wonder of Christmas, the amazing wonder of this story is that God would come to earth and wrap himself in the rags of our humanity. He would wrap himself in the the brokenness of our humanity. He would be lower himself because he loved us so much to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, to be wrapped in all that we are. Why? Why in the world would God leave his glory? Why in the world would God come to earth and be humbled so much to to put on flesh and walk among us? Why would He lower Himself so much to a manger, a smelly manger, 
so much to those swaddling clothes. Why would he wrap himself so lowly in his birth? So that we, his people, can love and embrace him as our Savior. And in our new birth, we can be wrapped in his divinity. The only way this story works of, of Christmas, the story of Christmas that makes it truly a wonder and a joy for all people who are His, is that God would come and wrap Himself in humanity so that we could be robed with divinity. That is the awe and the wonder of Christmas. And the amazing thing is, is Jesus, He still wears it. He still wears our humanity. Fully God, fully man. And you look at, through Jesus' life, He continually wore all of our humanity. He was a man of sorrows. He wore our brokenness. He wore our shame. And on that cross, He wore our sins. He wore the rags of our filth. It's amazing. At the end of His life, at His death, they wrapped Him again. They wrapped Him in linen burial cloths. Why? So that we could be wrapped with immortality so that we could be wrapped with life and life abundantly so that we could be given the ultimate gift because he really did conquer even death. And that's the deal with Christmas. You see, Jesus came to give us a gift. He put on that first robe, that first gift of swaddling clothes as humble as they are so that he could give us a gift. Basically, so that he could give us a new wardrobe. And who's us? It's his family. You see, he came and he took all of our brokenness and put them on himself, all of our filth and sinfulness and put them on himself so that he can robe us in his righteousness. And you see, that's the first gift of a Christian. When we come to Christ and we say, yes, you are Lord, you are our Messiah, an amazing transaction takes place. God re-robes us. He re-robes us in a way that we are beautiful in his sight. His sins, our sins have been washed away with His precious blood. And now we are clean before the Father. More than that, we're beautiful. Because He robes us in His righteousness. You see, Jesus comes to remove our sinful rags of humanity and gives us holy robe of His righteousness. All accomplished because of what He did on the cross. This Advent season, we've been looking to the prophet Isaiah. He lived 700 years before Jesus came. And he told us about Jesus' birth. And if you've been with us, we've looked every week at some of the names that Isaiah gave to this Jesus. They're amazing names. He said, Jesus, the one who'll be wrapped in our PJs, the one who'll be wrapped in our swaddling clothes, the one in that manger, this Jesus, he says, is going to be the wonderful counselor, knows all things. This Jesus, this one swaddling, clothed, wrapped Jesus is going to be mighty God. This Jesus is going to be everlasting Father. This Jesus is going to be the Prince of Peace. This Jesus is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. Amazing. Sitting there wrapped in swaddling clothes is our Savior, our mighty God. Well, it's Isaiah also who says, And he thinks about this salvation that Jesus was going to come and give to us. He says this about this new garment, this new clothes that we get to wear. The first Christmas gift, if you will, for us as Christians. It's this robe of righteousness. And listen to what Isaiah says in Isaiah 61.10. It says this. Isaiah writes, 
I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God. Why? Listen. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress. And as a bride adorns herself with jewels. It's interesting that when Isaiah is thinking of a metaphor about this robe of righteousness that we receive as Christians, this amazing gift, he starts to think, how can I, how can I tell you about this? He says, I know, it's like, it's like the wedding day. I mean, the one day we get the most spiffy for, the one day we care the most of what we look like, is our wedding day. The most beautiful dress a woman will ever put on, it's her wedding dress. And this gift of faith, this gift of righteousness, Isaiah says, it's, it's like a beautiful wedding garment for us. That Listen, it makes us beautiful. I know you know the truth about yourself. I know the truth about myself. I know there's parts of you that aren't very beautiful. Even on the outside, as polished as much we look on its Christmas Eve. And this amazing new set of PJs, if you will, this amazing translation, uh, transaction of wardrobes from rags and filth to beauty is what God gives us. It's interesting. Jesus was thinking about this metaphor when he was describing to some religious people about what the kingdom of heaven was like. And he talked about the kingdom of heaven. He says this, and he was talking mostly to religious people, which intrigues me a lot. He says, the kingdom of heaven is a lot like a king who was going to throw a wedding feast for his son. Okay? And this wedding feast, and basically what he does, he, he tells a story. It's in Matthew 22. It's an amazing story. It's basically the story of the whole Bible. It's basically redemption of how God comes and saves us and rescues us and gives us this gift of his love and forgiveness and this new wardrobe of his righteousness. And he talks about this. He says, well, now listen, this king came and he was going to have this party for his son. Hey, what's, what's the best party you were ever invited to? Anybody here invited to a royal party? I mean, I know nowadays people are crashing the White House parties. So I mean, maybe we could try that. But I mean, can you imagine being invited by the king? And Jesus is telling the story. Certainly he's alluding to God the Father. He says that the king throws a party and there's a bunch of invited guests and he tells his servants, okay, it's time for the party. Everything's ready. We're going to come celebrate. Go out and tell all the invited guests it's time to come in. We're going to party. And the invited guests were probably the religious folks, interestingly. Probably those who maybe knew that a Messiah was coming, knew that God was coming to give them his love and to forgive them and draw them into family. And they knew that maybe there'll be a big feast with God. But you know what those invitees did? It's amazing. They didn't come. They were too busy. Their lives were too full. They had to get married. They had jobs. They got the economy was in the tank. They had a lot of things going on. They were just too busy for God. I mean, God is throwing a party. Can you imagine this? God is throwing a party, and they said, oh, no, we, we really can't make it. Before I get down on them, I can kind of relate to them. You want to know why? These last week and a half have been pretty... Have you guys been busy? How many times have you yelled at your kids? We're going to enjoy Christmas, darn it! Everybody smile. I mean, it just, it's just been so busy, so hectic, and life gets that way that sometimes we even miss the good stuff like the party. And I tell you what, no one came. 
The king went to those who were invited and no one came and he got angry. He says, you've got to be kidding me. I'm ready to party. We're going to party without them. If they're not going to come, so be it. I'll tell you what. Here's what I want you to do, servants. Go out into the highways. Basically, he says, go anywhere you can go. I mean, don't just go to the exclusive neighborhoods. Go anywhere. Listen, he says this. Tell everyone. Don't, don't, don't let anybody out. Tell everybody that there's a party going on that I am throwing. Every single person is invited. Matter of fact, in Matthew 22, it says this really weird thing. Go tell the good and tell the bad. Just have them all show up. And I'm going to clothe them. I'll make them dressed appropriate. I'll, I'll, I'll love them. Go tell them. So what happens? All of a sudden, the party hall is absolutely filled. I mean, it is awesome. The party is there. The king comes in. He's so excited. Everybody's ready. Here comes the king. Um, by the way, have you ever been thrown out of a party? Stephen, you don't have to raise your hand. It's a rhetorical question. All right. Can you imagine being thrown out of a king's party? Can you imagine throwing, being thrown out of God's party? Kind of interesting what, the, what happens is that God shows up to the party. He looks at all the guests and he's about ready to say, let's, let's, just, let's just have a phenomenal time with no more tears, no more sorrow, no more brokenness. This is going to be the awesome, most awesome party that ever. And he notices one person that's not dressed appropriately. He's not wearing wedding garments. And then it's a really strange thing, but the guy gets thrown out of the party. He gets thrown out of the presence of God. And he misses the celebration. You see, Christmas is a promise to us that we never have to be thrown out of God's presence. Christmas is a promise that we won't miss the party, the wedding feast of the Lamb, as long as we are wearing the first gift. And the first gift robed in his righteousness. You see, Jesus came and he, and, he, and he put on our swaddling clothes. He put on our filth and our sin and our brokenness. And in his grace, he says, I'm going to give you this amazing exchange. I'll take this and I'll give you this robe of righteousness that makes you accessible to the Father. That brings you into the party. That makes sure that you'll never be cast out. Is that good news, what Christ has done for us? You see, our Christmas PJs that we're about ready to open in a few minutes are a sign that really Christmas is here and more presents are coming. But Jesus Christ offers each one of us, and many of you have already received it, this new set of PJs. It's His righteousness. It's His love. It's His mercy. And He said, this is... A sign that Christ is here. He's here with us. He's in our hearts. And it's a promise. It's a promise that there's more to come. There's a day coming, no more tears, I promise. There's a day coming, no more hurts. There's a day coming, no more sadness and brokenness and filth. But until that day, we wear that robe, knowing we'll be partying with a king. The question is, where are you today? Are you wearing that first gift of Christmas? Are you wearing that first gift? I mean, listen, this is all you got to do is you just realize that you're broken. 
On your own, the Bible says that our, our righteous acts in a holy God's eyes, the good things that we do, they're like filthy rags. So that, that's bad news. We got, we got to get a change of raiment here, a change of clothes. And by God's grace, he says, tell everybody, anybody who comes to me, I'll, I'll never drive them away. No matter who you are, just come and I'm going to give you this amazing exchange. You have faith in me that Jesus really is that Messiah. He really is the Lord of Lords and Kings of Kings, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He really is God's only begotten son. Come and surrender your life and get that first gift of Christmas. And for the rest of us, never forget. Never forget if God's grace, you have those pajamas, you have that righteousness on, you're his, you're loved, and you're beautiful. And you won't miss the party. Promise. How is it with you? Do you know that great gift? Have you opened it? If not, open it tonight. And for the rest of us, rejoice that the party's coming and we're qualified in Christ. Is that great news? Good news of great joy? And God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that uh, each and every one of us would just right now examine our hearts and say, Have we opened that first present of Christmas? Have we come to that place where we've realized that before a holy God, we can't measure up? Uh, We're in swaddling clothes. We're in rags. We're going to be thrown out of the party. We're just not dressed right. But God, I thank you that you don't tell us, go and clean up and then come back. You don't tell us, go and find something else to wear and then come back. You say, just come as you are. Come as a mess. Come broken. Come lonely. Come sad. Come. And you'll find rest. You'll find love. You'll find forgiveness. You'll find peace. And in my son, you'll find a whole new wardrobe called his righteousness put it on and you'll be beautiful in my sight put it on and you'll really live father for anyone here today who's yet to put on that robe has yet to unwrap that gift holy spirit tug on their hearts don't let them leave today without accepting that great gift from jesus christ for the rest of us when we leave here And we long for that party, knowing that our place is secure. We pray all this in Christ's powerful name. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we prepare to light the candle and to sing um, together. But let me tell you about the pajamas I'm about ready to get. There are no no magical pajamas. Still going to be me. But the amazing, magical pajamas that uh, we get from Jesus really does change everything. What are your favorite pair of pajamas? I don't know about you. How many of you remember Feety pajamas? Those are the best. They don't make them in size 14 shoes anymore. I'm really sad about that. And maybe some of the pajamas we can give is some of these glow-in-the-dark pajamas. Listen, Jesus came saying, I am the light of the world. He came into our darkness, and the darkness didn't understand it, nor did the darkness overcome it. 
And Jesus says, I am the light and the life of men. And if you put on that first present of my righteousness, you too are the light of the world. Oh, what child is this that would come and wear our rags so that we could wear His divinity? Oh, what holy night that was that gives us the great joy to have glow in the dark, light of the world, righteousness of Christ. So as we sing, look around and and remind one another as we sing that we are in Christ now, the light of the world.